Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with young entrepreneur and podcast host, Brandon Davis. He is a young CEO of Interval, an AI customer service representative for small businesses, as well as Get Over Yourself LLC, a podcast and consulting platform dedicated to helping individuals destroy their self-limitations and grow outside their comfort zone. In his free time, Brandon enjoys spending time with his wife, watching baseball, and working out. Dig this interview. Well, hey, man, it's great to meet you, and I want to begin our conversation before we get into your life as an entrepreneur with COVID. How did you survive the last three and a half years and how did it change you? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so I was kind of at a unique point in my life. Uh, I know everyone has their own COVID stories and it affected everyone in the same way, but also in everyone's unique and individual ways. Yeah. Um, so I was actually living in Brazil at the time when COVID hit. Um, I was living in Curitiba, Brazil, which is just south of Sao Paulo. Um, so when I was living there, it was obviously kind of an interesting time. I was doing missionary work. And uh, while I was doing missionary work, I was kind of trying to put myself away from like the worldly thing. So I tried to stay away from the news. I tried to stay away from sports, even like we were just talking about, kind of put all that aside and uh, just go and teach people about Jesus Christ. And uh, one of my favorite things in Brazil was teaching people English as well. So I was just doing that full time. And so this whole COVID thing, um, I know this sounds very naive, didn't know what it was for the longest time. Um, there's obviously people talking about it, but I, I didn't really know what was going on. And at the time in Brazil, there was no registered cases. And so I was just walking around and there's this, uh, this person that I was teaching English to. And uh, in very broken English mixed in with Portuguese, he's asking me, have you heard about this coronavirus? And I go, I have no idea what that is. And at the time in Portuguese, I didn't speak great Portuguese. Um, I was learning it. And so he's trying to explain it to me, basically, that there was a virus and it was caused by people eating bats and all this. And I didn't know the word in Portuguese for bat. And so he's trying to explain it to me. And then in his broken English, he, he puts his little fingers up above his head and he goes, Batman, Batman. And I go, oh, they were eating bats. And that's where I first learned about COVID. But then fast forward a couple months later, um, obviously, the entire world shuts down and uh the government of Brazil, just like most countries, sent all the foreigners away. So I got shipped back home. Wow. So talk to me a little bit about exactly what you do. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at career day. And one of the kids is curiously going to ask you, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? That's a fun question. I haven't <laughs> been asked it that way before. Um, currently, I'm working on a tech startup. So my day consists of sitting in the office and grinding away at my computer. Um, but fun side project of mine is I uh, hosted my own podcast called Get Over Yourself, where I just talk to individuals who have led kind of a noteworthy life, who have been able to find ways where they can destroy self-limitations. So I try and implement those stories and those journeys I hear um, from people I look up to and try and implement it into my business life now, trying to kind of make a name for myself as well as uh, actually start something that could provide for my my family. So what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream to grow up and become? Oh, gosh. And if I say this, I'm going to make myself sad again. But I'm a big baseball guy. I know we've been talking football this whole time. But um, I grew up just south of L.A., so I'm a big Dodger fan. Take that for what it's worth. I know that's some controversy. These no, it's days, good. But it's good. But uh, yeah, so I wanted to be in the MLB. My, my biggest inspiration growing up, his name was Andre Ethier. He was a right fielder for the Dodgers. And so I always wanted to be like Andre Ethier. He wore number 16. That's my that's my go-to number these days. Everyone has their lucky number. That's mine just because of Andre Ethier. But um, looking back even to that point, 
of course, I every kid wants to say they want to be in the MLB or NFL, NBA, whatever, the astronaut president. Um, definitely not saying you shouldn't uh, chase those goals if you're really into it. Um, for me, though, even at that young of an age, I remember I started watching Shark Tank with my old man. Um, he started putting it on and I became fascinated with it just when I was in, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade, started watching Shark Tank. And even though I didn't really understand what principles were being taught in the business world at such a young age, I just remember watching it and I said, these so-called average citizens, you know, it's somebody who could be your next door neighbor and you wouldn't even tell. They're presenting basically their passion, their life's work, or just this journey that they've been on to try and help improve the world in some capacity. Because that's that's the whole point of being an entrepreneur. It's uh, creating something that's going to be of value to somebody else, You're creating value for the world. So when I saw these people, even at a young age, I was like, wow, that's something I would be interested in as well. And that's what I've been able to do, luckily, for the past couple of years of my life, which is awesome. So I'm actually more of a baseball fan than anything else. And my favorite there we player... Go. My hero growing up was Dwight Gooden. He was number 16. So I get it. There we go. There we go. I love it. (laughs) Totally. So the Dodgers are just, I I saw their lineup because they got another dude from Seattle. That's crazy. That, that, Teoscar Hernandez, he's going to help us. Oh my God. That lineup is insane. Um, yeah, but yeah, I you know what? It's kind of like the Chiefs thing that you talked about. You know, everybody wants to root against the people that are the Goliaths. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, I think the money sharing things weird in baseball and should be straightened out. But I mean, if they got the wherewithal and they want to stop the the bloodletting that happened the last two years, because the the year that they lost <laughs> in San Diego, it's like what what happened? You guys got you got Freeman and Betts and all these cats. What what's up? And then. Last year was like, what happened? So there, Davy Roberts, man, Davy Roberts is like, uh, uh-uh, not again. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I have my own opinions about that man as our manager, but that's, that's a different story. Yeah. Let's just, uh, what everyone keeps saying is, uh, if we don't end up winning the world series this year, it's going to be quite the joke. But then I have some reluctance because I, I think back to when LeBron first joined Miami, they didn't win the first year they was there. Right. It took them a year or two. So if, if that's what it takes, as long as we get another World Series under our belt here in the next couple of years, people are going to hate anyways. They they hated on our 60-game World Series win a couple of years ago. They're going to hate this year, but hey, that's sports free, man. There's always going to be somebody mad. So let me ask you this. If you could get into a time machine and go back in time in baseball history and see one game with your own eyes, where are you going? It's a great question. I mean, I know this sounds kind of typical, but once again, coming from a Dodger fan, I mean, you got to choose Jackie Robinson, right? Yeah. I mean, it's iconic kind of bridging that gap, like putting baseball aside, everyone knows the story, but putting baseball aside and just going through something like that on the mental side, like I would love to hear from Jackie Robinson himself and just like hear what it was like in his own headspace nowadays where he could talk openly about it because, yeah. you know, back then he had to harness all his emotions and not show anything or else he would have been the laughing stock. They would have been it everything he said he was. And so if I was able to talk to him today and just be like, what was going through your head at that time, not only are you playing great ball, but you're also dealing with all these political issues and, you know, racism back in the day, like, what was it like? Oh, that would be so magical. Oh, it would be unbelievable. So speaking of people like Jackie Robinson, who's been a hero for you? Man, I feel like I'm giving all the cliche answers, but definitely my parents. Um, I was blessed to have been raised in the most amazing family And uh, I feel like the reason why I speak on this too specifically is a lot of times in these days, 
people often look down on that. And I don't understand why that's such a trend on social media and all these places where people kind of make fun of people saying, wow, you grew up with a beautiful family. I didn't come from that situation. And I feel for those people. When I lived in Brazil, I met, I I mean, even in high school and stuff, I met people like that. I go to friends' houses who um, didn't necessarily have some of the same Christian values that my family grew up with. Maybe not the same exact situation. Like I was blessed to have a dad who came and watched my sporting events. I was blessed to have a mom who was like willing to help me on a school project. Um, then when I moved to Brazil, I saw some of these families, um, or granted in Brazil, they are very family centered, but in the same case, like they have to work a lot. It's very similar aspects to the United States where it kind of just depends. But, um, nowadays, like I was mentioning on social media, I feel like it's such a big trend where people are just mocking these like good family centered homes. They mock the concept of, Oh, you have a dad who's able to support you. Oh, you have a dad who is able to watch your games, whatever it is. Like, no, that's what we should all be striving for. I don't that's, know why that's like looked down upon. That's a good thing. And so that's here. the same framework I want to take in when me and my wife start having kids. That's the same fr- framework I want to have. I want to be there for my kid. I want to, that's why I'm working so hard on my business right now. I want to be able to put in the time I can right now and grind my butt off. So that way in 10 years from now, I could go be my son's t-ball coach. Like that is my ultimate dream right there. Yeah. I want to be the, I want to be the baseball dad coach. Absolutely. So that, that's that's why I look up to my parents so much. They're able to create that environment for me. And I hope I can just pass that on. So if you can meet one person alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who'd it be? You got me thinking today. <laughs> they have to be alive, you're saying? Well, we could do ghosts. We could open the door. Okay. Taking it aside from the whole religious aspect, I'd love to meet somebody like Jesus, Muhammad, you know, get their get their entire takes there. Um I'd probably go with George Washington. Yeah. Same kind of concept. I mean, obviously revolutionary leader, um, first president of the United States, and he went through just some of the craziest times. I mean, we read in a history book and I I look at it and think, how did any of this happen? Yeah. You know, and put God's hand in that conversation for whatever it may be worth. But I would love to go back and same same kind of concept as Jackie Robinson, go back and hear what was your mindset during this time? You had literally all the odds against you in the entire world. Everything was going wrong, but at the same time, everything was going right. What were you thinking? How did you rally the troops? What was your thought process? Like, how how did you do it? Yeah. How did you do it? Yeah, for sure. So what is your motivation every day? What gets you out of bed? What gets you to be an entrepreneur? What is your drive? What is the ultimate evolution for you? I kind of already uh, clued into it just a second ago, but personally right now, I'm young. I'm excited. I feel like that's kind of the edge that young people have in the world these days. Um, and that's been the the same for every generation that's ever happened. When you're young, you kind of just have a little bit of a extra umph in you that you're ready to take on the world, um, despite the challenges or hardships that might come from starting your own business or doing whatever. You can kind of tackle those a little bit more than, say, in 20, 40 years down the road. And so I'm eager. I like when challenges actually come up. It it adds a little bit of spice inside of my day. Um, But ultimately, I have a plan of just being able to be the best dad in the world possible. And that starts right now. If I don't show up every day to work on my business, I'm not going to have any extra cash in the future to provide for my family. I'm not going to be able to take as much time off in the future as I want to be that coach, to be that dad who gets to take his son to the baseball game whenever he wants. That's my driving factor right now. So waking up every morning and saying, I'm able to go out and crush my goals right now. So in the future, I'm able to just hang out and hang out with my best friend, my my son, my daughter, whoever it is in the future. That is my ultimate drive right now. So, you know, that's the thing that I find interesting being at my age. I come from the Gen X. 
is that, you know, we were kind of the first generation that was like, you know, we wanted to travel. We wanted to do things that were out of that 50s puritanical kind of thing. We wanted to kind of break free and explore and see the mm -hmm. world and not be so hinged on what society said that we had to do. But I see in the younger generations that there's more of a drive of opening up your own business, not being in a company, not being held down by forces that you're not in control of. Do you feel like that's kind of a tidal wave of what's happening with the, the youth kind of, so to speak, the young professionals in the country? I'd say yes and no. I mean, to each their own. And I, I've mentioned this before on other shows and on my personal podcast and whatnot. I don't think that it's meant for everyone to start their own business. Yeah. But also that's okay. Cause some people don't like the risk that comes involved with that. Me personally, how I view it is, especially like, say you're working a tech job, right? You see all, almost every single year, right before Christmas hits, what happens to every single major tech company? They start laying off all their employees. Every year, it's the exact same trend. Right before the new year, they're trying to cut costs for their quarterly reports and they start cutting employees. And that's the trend. That's how it is if you're working for somebody else. And that's how I view it. You have just as much stability working for somebody else as you have working on your own business. Yeah. And I know personally, when I'm working on my own business, I know I'm going to put in more drive than the average Joe. I'm going to put in more time, more effort, more of my own competence into whatever I'm working on. And so to me, in, in a weird way, people always view starting your own business or the entrepreneurial journey, if that's what you want to call it, they view that as very dangerous and risky. I see it kind of on the contrary. I'm like, okay, if I go work for somebody else full-time and I've, I've had jobs before and I've enjoyed them. Um, but I see just as much risk, if not more so in those jobs, because I don't have any control. I can be the best employee in the company and still get laid off. That's a matter of the fact. Whereas in my own company, I can, I can push myself to the limits and I can kind of dictate exactly how I want it. But it's all you. That's the thing. When you open up and, and do your own thing, it's all you, you have something to stand on, but when you have a company and this, anonymous entity that you are with so to speak you nothing there i mean you have experience but like you put all this work into something that someone else is profiting off of but when you're doing it yourself there's a lot more at stake like you said you're putting more into it and you got something to build off of it's you it's your name it's your world yeah and that's true that's very true but like I said, it comes down to what, what kind of your risk tolerance is. Yeah. For me personally, my risk isn't wanting to go work for somebody else and potentially be fired in the future. That's yeah. not the risk I want to take on. But on the contrary fact, I will take on the risk of putting my own personal money, putting my own personal time, extra effort, um, way more hours than the typical 40-hour work week is. That's the risk I'm willing to take. Yeah. So it's it's teach their own. I mean, there's no better way of putting it. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, some people try it. I, I have a friend of mine. He had his own business. Uh, it was a kind of like he's he's a big uh, gamer, and so he had this board game shop, and you know he'd put up all the games, and he'd have people coming in, testing them, and whatnot. And after about three years of his shop being open, he ended up closing it because he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I love playing the games myself, but he didn't like owning the shop. The margins weren't great. He was like, the rent is too high, and so he he tried being um, his own boss, and he ended up not liking it and going back to working a corporate job. Yeah. But that's what I'm getting at. To each their own. He he enjoys that more. Yeah. So of all the things that you've done so far in your life, what are you the proudest of? Um, as far as business ventures, I got to say, or just anything in general. Just like yeah, the Venn diagram kind of bleeds together, kind of the holistic mm -hmm. look at things. 
Um, well, definitely, obviously, the main one would be getting married to the love of my life. Her name's Bryn. Um, I was super blessed to have met her at a young age and just be able to fall in love super quick. Um, been quite the journey. Being married is like the most interesting get- thing ever because every single day it's mixed with so much love, but also so much confusion and trying to work things out together, which has just been a blast. Um, so that, that's that got to be my most uh, accomplished and proud moment for sure. So 10 years from now, we have a conversation. What do you want to tell me? Where do you want to be? Yeah. So like I mentioned right now, I'm working on a tech startup. So ultimately in 10 years from now, I want to tell you, Hey, I sold the tech startup and now I'm on to my next adventure. That's that's the kind of uh, business I like getting into. I've started three separate businesses so far. I've been able to get um, successfully exit out of all of them. Um, so that's, that's kind of the next step is being able to uh, work on the startup and um, hopefully in 10 years, it'll have taken off and uh, I'll be exited and doing something else fun that I enjoy. My day job is, is uh, I, I do, uh, I'm an IT technician for a school district and I'm blown away because I, when I started doing technology work in the late nineties, I was grandfathered in, I was doing desktop mm-hmm. publishing and they're like, Hey, we got these mainframes. We got this network and we got this stuff. Can you help? And you know, the upper brass wants to save money. We're already there. We can learn on the job. Let's do it. And I've kind of done that throughout my life. It's pre the certification era, so to speak. But I'm blown mm-hmm. away by how many things. Like when I started really getting into like my first computer was a Packard Bell with the dial-up modem, you know, and the fact now that we have all of this AI and VR and all of this stuff, it's just it's mind-blowing. And I love seeing it. And I can't even imagine in 10 years from now, like what is going to elevate. It's like I would have never ever imagined that I would have this thing called an iPhone that was a computer in my pocket. <laughs> you could re- record notes, write things down, watch a movie, surf the web, listen to music, and do all of these things. Like I remember the first time I ever got an iPhone, which was probably like eight years ago, I was like, I can't believe that I have this in my pocket. There's nothing mm-hmm. ever that's going to be better than this in my life. And I still believe to a certain degree that this is one of the coolest things ever coming from like growing up in the 80s it's the greatest thing in the world you know so it's wild how technology does it's like moore's law it duplicates itself so frequently you know well and i mean especially in the day and age we live the technology that we've created is what's enhancing us to get better and bigger and better and bigger and better and bigger so quickly it it enhances like you said it's a lot continually going and growing absolutely it's like the snowball going down the hill it's just yeah you know, that's, that's uh, a good way of picturing it, actually. Yeah, I like that example. <laughs> so at the end of the day, everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? That's a really great question. Um, I think uh, kind of a buzzword a lot of people hear these days when listening to their or reading their self-help books or listening to the Tony Robbins of the world and whatnot is that big key phrase of imposter syndrome. I'm sure you've heard it yourself and everyone who's listening. Um that's real. And so there's definitely days where I wake up thinking, who am I? Like, why am I able to start a business today? It's not going to work. It's not going to succeed. I'm not going to be able to provide for my wife, my future children. It's not going to work. And I have those days and uh, where you kind of get in your own head and you think, I'm not going to be able to do it. But on the contrary, no, I also have those days where I'm like, why wouldn't it work? I know who I am. I know my values. I know I'm going to actually go out and put forth as much effort as I can, and then God be willing, it'll work out somehow, some way. And so it's a mix. And um, a way, one of my mentors, his name's Hunter, one way he put it is 
people always picture life as kind of a roller coaster, and it is. You have your ups, you have your downs. And his entire thing is a lot of times as humans, when we have our ups, we are riding that wave high. If Kansas City wins the Super Bowl in two weeks, you're going to be on that high point right then. You're going to be super excited, rallied up. You're going to be on that high point. But then what happens, say, next season when they lose first round in the playoffs, you're going to be riding that low. It's going to be devastating. You're going to be bummed out as a fan. Um, And I love that sports analogy, whether it's for the Super Bowl, for the NFL, for whatever sports, because that's exactly what being a fan is. You have those crazy high moments where you're on top of the world. You have your very low moments when you're down. And so what what my mentor Hunter says is try and ride that wave straight in the middle. Obviously, you want to be excited in life. You want to celebrate the wins. You want to appreciate all the all the hard work you've put in. And then you also want to reflect on those low moments, those those opportunities you had to learn and grow, even if they were very tough. And um, sometimes it takes months, years to or years to even get over those moments. But his whole point is try and ride that wave straight in the middle. Because if you can't do that, it is very difficult for you to succeed. It's very difficult for you to stay motivated. So that's what I try and do day in and day out. Despite if yesterday was really tough, we lost a client or um, something broke in our systems. It just wasn't supposed to, you know, I I was in that low. Or one day when we land a big figure client and I'm super excited, I just try and write it straight in the middle. That you're, you're speaking, you're, you're speaking to the choir. I'm a Libra. So I know that balance thing. Um, I always remember a quote from Tom Brady talking about football season. It always comes through. He said it's all about longevity. He always played to win the Super Bowl. He always prepared his mind to play that long. And I think that's the thing about football or anything. You got to ride that wave the whole time, you know, because there's going to be you're going to have a losing month and everybody's going to be like, this team's awful. But it's all about what you do going to the end and and the vision you have. So um, at the end of the day, let's get to the good business. If anyone wants to listen to your podcast, learn more about you, what you're doing with your startup, where do they go? What's the best way? Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, It's called Get Over Yourself. So if anyone wants to check it out, uh, it's all about destroying self-limitations and figuring out exactly who you want to be in life. Um, And that's a journey. Like I said, every single day when I wake up, I'm trying to figure out who I want to be. It changes constantly. And Joe, I'm sure you're in the exact same way. You've been working in the same job for quite a while, but every day you still wake up and try and figure out who do I want to be? What kind of values do I want to have today? So that's what the show's about. Once again, it's called Get Over Yourself. If anyone has any questions, I'd be happy to reach out um, for anything business related, anything uh, sports related, as you've heard a lot on this show today. Uh, definitely down to talk some sports. Uh, you can find me on any social media at Brandon Davis. So, Right on, Brandon Davis. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your story. Appreciate your time. Enjoy the Super Bowl, man. Thanks. Yeah, you too. I, I can't say I'm room for the Chiefs, but I hope you have a good outcome for yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Cheers, man. Take care. Thanks, Joe. We'll see you. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. <laughs>